Hey, everybody, and welcome to the fourth, fourth, fourth episode of the Super Super 8 podcast. Um, coming at you from, uh, well, I guess I'm in a loft. I'm going to have to name this thing, huh? Um, well, we'll figure it out. My name's Pat Lynch. Um, see, I kind of have an aversion to calling it the Lynch Loft, so there's that. Um, drinking a combination of, uh, Captain, some mixed with a little bit of coconut rum, and some lemonade. So cheers. It is Monday night. Um, I had an excellent weekend. Um, my girlfriend and I had celebrated, uh... A year of being together, going out. She's been tolerating me for that long, so uh, cheers to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we went up north for a little while. Um, we stayed in this really nice, um, I don't know what you want to call it, cabin in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, it's, it was on somebody else's property. Um, had all the modern-day 21st century amenities, uh, including Wi-Fi, television, which we didn't watch much of, but we did use the internet here and there. Um, but yeah, we really wanted to go to this um, little theme town about half hour outside of Warren. Uh, it's in Lincoln, which is more of a happening town, um, to a place called Clark's Trading Post. And if anybody who's not familiar, it's kind of... Hark! It's it's kind of harkening back to the old days before interstates, where it's kind of started off as a roadside attraction, um, and is now kind of its own little amusement park. But its main attraction is they train uh, uh, black bears, um, and they put on a show twice a day um, during the season. Um, you know, they ride scooters and catch basketballs and eat ice cream and sit on swings and nothing too, too crazy. But I mean, a bear is riding a scooter by itself. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, he picks up basketballs and shoots them in hoops and yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's got, they've got a whole bunch of other stuff there. Um, a couple little rides, like a little train ride. They take you on. Uh, yeah, it's fun. But in doing so, I obviously took the opportunity to bring a couple cameras along. Um, I brought my Olympus, which isn't metering, but is metering correctly, even though I don't know where it is. Because um, I can tell the shutter is slowing, slow or qu- quick, depending on um, depending on uh, the light. Um, and then I found out the first night that I was there that uh, the film wasn't advancing, so that was fun. I didn't actually find out until today when I opened it up in a dark light bag, but uh, that's the breaks. Um, <laughs> everybody listening probably probably thinks I'm crazy for messing with these broken cameras. Uh, I did bring the Braun Niso. Um, the Braun Niso 3056? 3056. I shot some Super 8. Haven't gone through the roll, the roll yet. Mm. I have sent in the roll of 50D to the FPP, so hopefully they'll be receiving that soon. Um, And of course, I brought my Rico point and shoot. And unfortunately, any of none of the cameras that I got that I have ordered online, um, I haven't received yet. But when I got back, um, I received my Fujika uh, half frame camera. So I've been literally almost doing nothing but messing with that 
um, all last night and all yesterday when we got back Sunday to uh, actually brought it with me on my walk to work. I'm fortunate enough to be able to walk to work. Um, so yeah, I put some, what did I put in? Some Derev pan from the FPP in there. I'm not sure what the history of that film is. I'm not sure what that was or what that is. Um, I know it's just a low ISO, um, well, low meaning 100, uh, black and white film. So I really want to go through a roll of that. I have a bad habit of when I need to test out a camera, instead of just you know banging out 36 shots or 24 shots, depending on what real roll I have, I just kind of shoot it as if... Um, I've been using it, which is a bad habit because I'll shoot a bunch of important things with it and or I'll just be shooting a bunch of stuff over the course of several weeks or months even and forget that I still haven't developed anything. So I don't know what anything looks like or if it's working properly. So um, so I did the complete opposite. I did a complete 180 because the half frame obviously takes 72 shots. So I've been able to take 72 meaningful um, shots. Um, it seems that the automatic they call it it's funny because the um when i got it the uh the manual um was in it actually they had the guy gave me two manuals the, it was very odd and also odd and i'm going on a couple tangents here and i'll try not to be too too long but the manual itself is cute because it is almost like it's a wide little tiny manual but it looks like that's been cut in half but it was intentional i'll have to take a picture or something uh it was intentional and the way you open it is very strange, again, because it's like a rectangle shape, but it seems like they intentionally took the rectangle, printed it on that rectangle, but printed it in a way where that folds in half. So it's like a double fold. And it took me quite a while to actually be able to navigate the manual itself. And I know that sounds kind of insane until I realized that it was cute as hell. And I don't use the word cute lightly. Um cute as hell because I realized they manufactured the manual this way because it is a half frame camera and they cut the manual in half. It just, it's, once I realized that I was like, wow. But before I figured that out, I made a joke that they need a manual to navigate this manual because it was kind of confusing um, to navigate at first, but I figured it out. Um, where was I going with that? Um, again, I did a complete 180 because instead of taking weeks to shoot a first roll of film, I spent less than 24 hours shooting um, uh, 72 shots. So that's in the can waiting to be sent to my local developer. So that's exciting. Um, the other exciting thing is that it's my, this is my first camera that is completely mechanical. The meter works uh, and the meter works and operate the cam whole camera itself uh, operates automatically without a battery, without electricity, um, and it and it just reads um, uh, the light meter and all of the automatic functions work via uh, just a light sensor, basically. Um, so that's kind of exciting. It's got a, a little dial to set the ISO that you have. Um, it only goes up to 200 ISO, so you're using either 100 or 200. Um, I think, actually, I don't have it in front of me. It's over there in its case. Um, I think it goes down to 64, I want to say. is that Does that sound right? Um, it goes below 100. I just don't know what the numbers are. Um, 
and it's got a very cute uh and again i use this because it's a very hefty not hefty but it's just it's it's just a cute camera it's small it's uh compact but it's got some weight to it it's made out of like this metal you know it it's just it feels well built and it seems like it works. Um, and even the shutter itself is satisfying to listen to. Um, actually put some more film in it. Actually loading it is the hardest thing um, because you almost have to close it in order for the film to kind of get held in place to kind of catch on the take-up spool, um, which is daunting because once again, I realized that the Olympus um, – with some portrait in it, it never actually took up on the take-up spool. That one's a lot easier to obviously make sure it's spinning correctly. I'm sorry I'm breathing into the mic so much. Uh, that one's easier to figure out before you have it closed. But um, I'm figuring it out. I'm learning it. That's all I've been doing. And again, I shot some Super 8 over the weekend. I've got this mysterious Super 8 camera coming um, from the Carolinas. Uh, that guy told me it was on its way after he was able to get into the mail after the hurricane. Glad he's all right. Um, from what I understand, the hurricane didn't do too much damage to the Carolinas, at least as far as I know. Um, and also, which came when I arrived back. See, when I came back from this vacation or this weekend, it was amazing because the vacation itself was great. I took a bunch of photos. Um, I shot some T-Max 3200 in the point and shoot and then swapped it out for... Um, some Fuji Chrome, which is just Provio 100. Fuji Chrome from the FPP. Um, shoot some color. I haven't gone through that roll yet. Um, but the 3200 I did. Um, and then when I got back from my trip, I got to have an awesome time with my girlfriend. Uh, I went to Clark's Trading Post, went out to dinner a bunch, went to breakfast a couple places, got to see the sights, do a lot of driving, and I enjoy driving. And then I came back to all this stuff. Uh, my 16mm reel showed up. I can't do much with that until I get some rewinders. So I'm doing that. So that's going to be a whole fiat. It's going to be a whole adventure in terms of learning how rewinders work. It's basically just something that you can put the reels on with handles so you can manually reel film back and forth between the two. Um, uh, in my in my in my insistence, my stubbornness on getting those two 400 foot reels uh, onto 100 foot daylight spools. Um, and then I came back to this half frame camera, which was kept in immaculate condition. Um, he actually even included, um, it's got a case, which is interesting because the camera itself has a uh, leather strap on it, a little hand, like a wrist strap. And the case itself is small and tiny, just like the camera, but it has a little hole for the strap to come out of. So even in its case, you can use the strap, which is also very convenient and thoughtful of them from 1964. So thanks. He included the last time, I assume it was the last time it was CLA'd, uh, cleaned and lubricated. I forget what the A stands for. Um, aligned? We'll say that. Um, from 1991... It was, the, it was from the place that actually did it. He probably walked in the store. It's got a signature on it. Um, so thanks to that guy. And he threw me uh, several original flashes, disposable flashes. Uh, I think they were advertised to uh, fire off at least 12 guaranteed flashes. Um, that I'm going to have to look into because I almost don't want to waste them. But at the same time, I'm very curious and also curious as to how that works, considering um, 
considering there's no battery in the camera, I would assume that a battery would be needed for a flash to go off. I'm not entirely sure how that works. Um, but again, I don't know much about it. Um, I, I try to use um, natural light uh, for most pictures. I don't really like the, the look of flash in a lot of uh, scenarios, but um, there's a first time for everything. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, the 16 millimeter spool reel at the empty, um, which is not a split reel, unfortunately. But I'm starting to get over it. I'm starting to get over it. That was an impulse buy. I wasn't paying attention. It happened. Also, what came? Uh, the other big purchase was a an expired um, daylight spool of um, Vision Two, expired in 2002. Actually, it was manufactured in 2002 because that's what's on the box. I don't have an expiration date, which I assume is probably a couple years after that. Um, at best, it's probably 2005. I want to say I could be totally wrong about that, but the copyright date. Uh, at the bottom it says um, 2002, so we're going with that, um, which should be an interesting uh, adventure. It's sealed. Um, it's in the fridge right now um, until I can get uh, the 30 to 40 year old daylight uh, potentially. Uh, I say a lot of us potentially exposed. Um, processed and scanned um, which again might come out like total garbage so this vision 2 might be my first official test roll um so we'll see um that'll be exciting uh and that was it yeah i've just been shooting a lot of half frame i had a great weekend um i'll probably keep this short i did have a whole list of things i was going to talk about um one thing that I have to gripe about that is on this list for this episode um, is if you notice when people post vintage cameras, uh, 8mm cameras, Super 8 cameras, 16mm cameras, Bolexes, uh, just vintage uh, half-frame cameras, still-frame cameras, any people who don't know what they're selling and people often who do never open up the camera and take a picture of the inside of the camera which with these vintage pieces of equipment is so important and you can tell sometimes when somebody posts and somebody uploads something on ebay when they know what they're doing because they post a thousand pic not a thousand pictures but 10 to 12 16 pictures and some of them are on the inside of the camera, and even some intense, uh, deta- intensely detailed pictures of the inside of the camera. And it's like, that's what I want to see. I, people take pictures of vintage 80-year-old Bolexes and then never open it up. And it's like, I need to see the inside. That's where the film is going. If it's completely dirty and dusty and it's got all kinds of stuff in there, it's like, well, that affects how much I want to pay for this. Same thing with Super 8s. Um, Super 8s, perhaps not so much, especially because a lot are... Uh, not, not all of them open up the whole side panel. Some of them you slide the cartridge in, which is very dark and kind of impossible to um, shoot with just like a regular cell phone without a flashlight or something. So I understand that. But especially 16mm, when most of the time these vintage cameras, you will be opening up the side of them and you can see almost the whole entire silhouette of the, you know, the camera and the, where the spools go, where the, the film gate is, uh, where all the 
take up areas are and where the film is all the mechanics and whatnot. And it's, it's very important to be able to see that before I buy it. So a lot of times you're just buying these things for, you know, continuously rising prices for something that it's almost sight unseen because it's like, well, yes, it looks nice, but, and you say it runs and it sounds nice, which fine, but how's the battery compartment look? How long have the batteries been in there? It's uh, a lot of times, you know, especially for that instance, it's like, have you put batteries in it and tried it? Do you even know that it takes eight double A's or six double A's or whatever? Um, and what does the inside of it look like? These people don't think. Um, these people. Oh, there, there I go. But yeah, there was my my mini gripe session on um, that. Uh, I do get increasingly frustrated with that. It's not all the time, but some of the time. The last thing I want to talk about on this episode is I understand that this is a this is an odd format to be talking about motion picture film, movie film, and Super Eight. It's a visual medium, and we're talking about it in an audio format in a podcast but to that it's kind of like well there's dozens and dozens of podcasts about photography and then film photography and in in this case it's motion picture film an actual film super 8 16 millimeter and yes a lot of the times uh, 35 millimeter still photography I need to fill this with something while I gain my Super 8 and 16 millimeter um, arsenal Um, and obviously you know it's relatively expensive to buy a scan process and um, post for that matter. Um, I guess, I suppose it doesn't cost too much to post, but it's like, it it kind of mounts um, in terms of finances. So if I could buy a hundred rolls of 16 millimeter tomorrow, I would and and do all these kinds of, you know, produce and just talk about it and kind of learn and try to document it as best I can in this format. But, um, it's not always the case. Obviously, it's it's piecemeal. It's going to be slow going for a while, um, but it's fun to talk about and to address it. I will be posting, obviously, posting um, my own material, my own Super Eight um, compilations and reels, and I think I'm going to start featuring once an episode somebody else's um, Super Eight work, Super Eight resources, um, Super Eight compositions 16 millimeter compositions you know short films montages informal videos informal meaning like an like i'm informing people like you know people who talk about bolexes and certain types of super 8 cameras and how to load film and all that kind of stuff um but yeah i think i'll be featuring primarily somebody's like super 8 short film or something um, per episode. So that'll be fun. Um, and eventually if, and when I gain some form of audience and people who have done this much longer than I have, or just starting out themselves and starting to post, post their first reels and their first kind of experiences in the film format, um, you know, we'll be sharing that. And I hope to make this kind of a, another avenue and another route for uh, filmmakers to kind of learn, um, especially learn from me, because I'll be making tons of mistakes and being a moron with all kinds of stuff. And um, yeah, so it'll be a good time. But uh, with that, I will stop uh, rambling. Hope you all have a good week. Uh, I don't have a set 
release schedule yet. Um, I'm still kind of catching up with all the stuff that I previously recorded. I just posted a third episode. I'll be posting this episode very shortly because it's a Monday and I kind of want to get into the habit of posting when I record, um, especially if I'm talking about things that happened over the weekend and it's like three weeks later, it's not going to fly. So, um, and definitely on a weekly basis. Um, but uh, finding content is going to be uh, not necessarily hard, but hard for me to be able to compile and uh, talk about in an advantageous uh, ad- an advantageous um, aspect in a advantageous way in a way that's not boring as hell. How about that? Um, and I'm obviously still getting comfortable trying to get more comfortable with just talking into the mic freeform uh, and not dead air. Dead air is one of the worst things in the world. I One of my biggest pet peeves is dead air. I don't have music under any of this. I don't have an intro. I don't have an outro. So just some guy talking with no ambience, 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 tomato, tomato. Um, so none of, uh, without any of that underneath me talking, um, that might be very... Uh, very boring. And when I do turn a mic on, my voice immediately goes monotone. Um, so that's kind of annoying to me because I don't always talk like this, but I'm still getting comfortable. I think I'm, eventually I'm going to ditch the headset. Um, it's it's more convenient and I can use my hands more. Um, but uh, I need an interface because uh, I just can't monitor audio with the task game. So I'm going to need an interface. So bear with me while I upgrade my audio equipment. I have plenty of mics. I just don't have means to get into the computer. Um, my sounds odd enough, but on my desktop, my headphone jack at the top and the headphone jack at the bottom are having like just all my audio for some reason drivers or something or it's it's real it's get it's real funky something's not right with it not sure what exactly happened but anytime i plug speakers into either the top or the back of the the computer it just goes haywire so um it just makes a bunch of noise and i'm a pretty tech savvy person so it's i just haven't bothered with the time to try to figure out what the hell's going on because uh, that seems to be the story of my life recently with um, tech equipment but such is life so with that being said uh, just keep in mind that everything that I've said is probably wrong so just you know just keep that in mind and I'll see you at some point in the future how about that Ah, one more thing. Buy film. Buy, buy, buy film. Buy film. Buy lots of film. Buy used film. Buy expired film. Buy new film. Mostly new film. Buy film. Buy film. Buy film. Buy film. Buy buy Super 8. Buy 16mm. Buy uh, 35mm. Buy film. Buy film. Thanks.